Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. The NFL season is less than two months away, and today we're going to be starting our divisional breakdown series beginning with the AFC East. With us today for the AFC East breakdown is a special guest making his first appearance on Front Office Pros, which is none other than Ryan Talbot. Ryan is a Buffalo Bills writer for New York Upstate, Syracuse.com, Buffalo Bills News, and a co-host of the Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Excited to talk AFC East football. Most definitely. Hut, hut, hike! All right, so last season, guys, the AFC East standings was as follows. So the Bills were the AFC East Division champions. They went 13-3. and The Miami Dolphins went 9-8, and and they made the wild card. And then the Patriots and Jets both missed the playoffs. Patriots were 8-9, and nine, and the Jets were 7-10. and 10. So based on what has happened this offseason, what is your guys' prediction on who will be the AFC East Division Championship for the upcoming season? Yeah, so for me, I still have the Buffalo Bills winning this division. Listen, the, the AFC East has never been tougher. You look at what the Jets did, bringing in Aaron Rodgers, giving that team a legitimate quarterback. They already have a great defense in place. Um, they're going to be a contender in this division this year. And then, you know, I, I still think the Dolphins are the biggest threat to the Bills in the division. Uh, I, I love the fact that they brought over Jalen Rams. I didn't think it was his greatest season last year with the Rams. But the reason I like that signing so much is because they also brought over Vic Fangio. And I think Fangio is really going to shore up a lot of things on that defense. We know how good the offense can be if Tua can stay healthy. So I think they're going to be a a real threat. But when it comes to the Bills, people are kind of writing this team off. Uh, I don't know if it's the way that the the season ended in Cincinnati. I don't know if it's because they didn't make as many splash uh, moves, I should say, in free agency in the draft. But I like what this team did. They, they brought in a legitimate pass-catching weapon in Dalton Kincaid in the first round. They really shored up their offensive line this offseason via free agency and the draft with Osiris Torrance in round two. Uh, but a lot of free agent additions that I really like, Connor McGovern being the big name signing there. The interior of that line is going to be a lot more solid for Josh Allen and company. And I, think, I don't think they're going to be a, a run-first team by any stretch of the imagination, but they also really improved their running game. You already have James Cook. You have Naheem Hines, who has a year in the system now, half a year, whatever you want to say. He has more knowledge of the system. Damian Harris is going to be that short yardage, bruising back. Uh, and that's not all. I mean, they, they have so many guys. They have a, a solid one through four in that running back room that they could potentially keep here uh, for the foreseeable future. So I like the offense. Defense only got better on the D-line. Leonard Floyd was a late signing that I really like, nine sacks a year ago. Puna Ford is going to enhance the the middle of that defense where I thought they were really good last year and healthy on the interior in terms of stopping the run. But Puna Ford can do a little bit of everything for them. The the biggest questions for this team are are at linebacker, though, who replaces Tremaine Edmonds. I think they have some viable in-house candidates. And then that cornerback two job, I'm – I'm hoping that Kyrie Elam, one year after being a first-round pick, wins that job. But they have a lot of confidence in Christian Benford. They have a lot of confidence in Dane Jackson. And really, Edmonds is the only starter that's not going to be here uh, from one year ago. So I really like everything on both sides of the ball for this team. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I was, you know, I was thinking about going elsewhere, but uh, you know, I still got to have the Bills as the uh, AFC East Division champ. 
you know, I got to You got to see it. You got someone's got to take them off first um, and see somebody do it. So I'll roll with them. I was, you know, considering taking Miami or the Jets to kind of overtake them. But I, while I do think this is a, you know, it was a really tough visit division and uh choice to go with the winner, but I, I'll give the edge to the bills and uh, they, they do it again. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with both. There's consensus here between the three of us. I agree. I think the Bills are going to win the division. Um, I do think it interesting, especially Ryan. You could probably attest to this, but you know the Bills really were not in the national spotlight for 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 quite some time. People just didn't even talk about them. They you know, they would talk about the Cowboys, the Patriots, you know, you you know the Jets, you know, whatever your usual teams. I think recently with this whole digs you know, melodrama going on and, you know, different, um, you know, sports, you know, sports heads saying like, oh, McDermott's a problem and they need to bring somebody else. And I think I agree. I think for whatever reason, whether it was the playoff game or the recent news, I think people are kind of thinking like, oh, the bills, bills might be on the decline. But like you said, I mean, all the additions you mentioned, I think are huge. I think the Leonard Floyd addition is going to be really helpful because with Von Miller recovering, you know, from that ACL tear, it sounds like he could be ready to go even week one. I know he's mentioning that he's pushing for that, but we may not even need him to um, be with Floyd there. Um, and we still have got, you know, Greg Rousseau uh, going into his third year. I think he could really take a step forward. He, he missed a few games last year. And so, you know, Vaughn and, and Leonard Floyd really, really played well together. Uh, when they were with the the Rams uh, for that Super Bowl win, so really like what that's going to look like for for the defense side. And you know, like you said, I, I have similar you know concerns or kind of like I wonder what's going to happen with the second cornerback spot and who's going to fill the middle linebacker spot for Tremaine Edmonds on the offensive side. We didn't really lose that much, uh, really. I mean, I yeah, I mean, you lost Isaiah McKenzie, <laughs> you know, and Devin Singletary, but I mean, you've got Damian Harris, and I think. Dalton Kincaid, I think, is really going to be used in that offense. You know, a lot of 12 personnel coming up. So I really like uh, what the Bills have going on. So, all right, guys, how about the wild card teams? Is there any wild card teams coming out of the AFC East this season? Yeah, I, I have the Miami Dolphins being a wild card team again this season, back to back years. I like that offense. They just added more speed to it in the offseason. Um, I feel like as long as Tua stays healthy, this is a double-digit team, or win team, I should say. I already mentioned why I like uh, the Vic Fangio signing for the defense. I think that they're going to be neck and neck with the Bills for a good portion of this season, uh, as they were last year for a, a time before they kind of fell off. Once Tua got hurt, they lost a lot of close games, uh, they, they and they kind of fell off at the end going, like you mentioned, uh, with nine wins at the end of, of things. So I, I think as long as he stays healthy, they're in the mix for the wild card. I have the Jets missing the playoffs. Uh, I, I think they're going to be better. There's no doubt about it. Aaron Rodgers greatly lifts up that offense. The defense was really good statistically. But you look at a lot of those wins last year. Uh, they had a 31-30 win over Jacoby Brissett and the Browns. They had a win over Brett Rip, uh, Ripken and uh, Ripken and the Broncos. They had a win <laughs> over Mitch Trubisky starting in that game against the Steelers. Skylar Thompson won game for the Miami Dolphins. They beat up on a lot of quarterbacks that they were supposed to beat up on. But when, when push came to shove, there were some games that did not go their way. I'm not sold on this front office, this coaching staff. 
Uh, I, I think that last year's great draft had more to do with players falling into their lap than anything else. Uh, Sauce Gardner was a no-brainer you know, with their first pick. Garrett Wilson was a no-brainer with that second first-round pick. Those, those are picks that any one of us would have made at that point in time. You, know, you maybe would have said Olave instead of Garrett Wilson, but you can't go wrong with either of those players essentially is what I'm saying. So before that, though, they've had a lot of draft classes that kind of have missed. Uh, so I have them on the precipice of making the playoffs, but just missing out. Yeah, for me, I, I got uh, one wild card team, and I, I I'm going with the Jets. The Jets are the wild card team for me. You know, I really like their defense. Uh, they played really well last year, and they won games with really bad quarterback play. They were a quarterback away. Now Rodgers comes in, you know, with the weapons, having a young guy like Garrett Wilson. The run game with Brees Hall that they have potentially and, you know, mixing a few other backs in the passing game as well. Um, but I just like, you know, for me, they were really competitive last year with really bad quarterback play with Rodgers. I think they're playoff team now. Yeah, it's really interesting. I had a really hard time figuring out who was going to get the wild card just in the AFC in general. It's it's a gauntlet as to who yeah. is actually – because there's the teams that are going to miss that really are deserving of, you know, from a – football roster standpoint is one of the best teams in the NFL. But I also went with the Jets as a, my only wildcard team. Uh, they won a six-game losing streak to end the season. Uh, really played a quarterback uh, roulette last year. I guess the best thing that they did was when Mike White was the quarterback. So I think with Aaron Rodgers coming in, it, it does create more stability you know, for that offense. And that defense is a stout, really, really stout defense. So I think if they just get, like you said, Joe, just a quarterback away, I think um, could do wonders for them. I think, honestly, it, and you know, who knows? I mean, people will say, like, oh, how tough is the schedule? You know, it was on paper based on last year, but we know that things change. But based on strength of schedule, the tiebreaker for me was the Jets' strength of schedule uh, shows that it's much easier than the Dolphins. So I think as a result, I think it's going to be close. I think we're talking about, like, a margin of like one or two wins that could really change the tide of who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Uh, so uh, that's why I went with them. So Ryan, you already mentioned uh, you have the Jets missing the playoffs and then I, and then the Patriots, what order do you have uh, those two? Yeah. So I definitely have the Jets third in the division Patriots last. And, and you guys mentioned it. it's the gauntlet of the AFC in terms of why I had the Jets just missing it. You know, you, you look at the AFC North and you look, all four of those teams could potentially be playoff teams. I like what Baltimore did this offseason. Uh, I love, obviously, what the Cincinnati Bengals have built there. The Browns, in terms of roster alone, have one of the best rosters in this league. Now, we've, we've seen that before. Sometimes roster talent doesn't always uh, equal wins, but I would like to think they're going to be in the mix. And even Pittsburgh was playing some solid football uh, during stretches last season with a rookie Kenny Pickett. So, I like that entire division. Obviously, when you go to the West, you have Kansas City still. You have Denver, which I expect to be much better with Sean Payton. I think he's going to play to Russell Wilson's strengths. The Chargers are a legitimate team. I don't have high expectations for the Raiders, but you know, three teams in that division are in the mix too. Uh, Jacksonville in their division running away with it, in my opinion. So you know, it, it's still a gauntlet though. There's still so many teams. Any given Sunday type of league where I had the Jets missing, but it wasn't by much. So, yeah, definitely I have the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. Yeah, for me, I got the 
Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, and same with you. The the Dolphins, you know, really close uh, to being second in that, you know, in a wild card team. But it, you know, I, in my book, I got them just missing. Yeah, I have the same order as you, Joe. I go Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. With the Dolphins, it's interesting. You did. I really liked your point there, Ryan. When it comes to Vic Fangio, I wonder if also you know they traded a first round pick to get Bradley Chubb. I wonder if Vic Fangio would be able to unlock um, Bradley Chubb uh, because obviously during his tenure in Denver, um, they were together. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey had his best seasons with Evero as the defensive coordinator, and he's a disciple of the Fangio defense. So you would, I can't see Ramsey really skipping a beat. And with him and Xavier Howard, you could argue that might be the best cornerback tandem in the league. So, yeah, the Dolphins are uh, – I really wanted to put them in, but like you said, Ryan, the, the AFC North is tough. The AFC West, you know, with the you know, Chargers, Broncos, and obviously the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. So it's really difficult. Real quick, what are your guys' thoughts on the Patriots? Everyone wants to talk about the Patriots. People are thinking that I, – I, not a lot, but people are think I think they want to make them a playoff team, but I, don't, I definitely don't see it happening. What, what are your guys' thoughts there as far as the Patriots' outlook? I can't see their offense being worse than last season. I think that Bill O'Brien's going to make that offense a lot better than what it was. Uh, but again, that's not saying much for where they were one season ago. I like Stevenson a lot on that offense. Uh, I, I never trust in fantasy their running backs because, the, you know, one week you have a great performance and the next week they're splitting it up three different ways. But I, I do like Stevenson. I like a lot of the talent on the defensive side of the ball. I expect Mac Jones to be better. This is a team that could hover around 500 for a good portion of the season. I just can't see them being in that same conversation, though, as the Bills, as the Dolphins, and as the Jets, just based on overall roster talent. I'd agree with that. I don't think uh, you know they'll be as necessarily as bad as what people are putting out there, and you know everyone thinks that you know they're a dumpster fire. But Bill, you know Bill Belichick, you know you can say what you want his record and stuff isn't as good as since Tom Brady left. I, Bill O'Brien's going to help Mac Jones in the offense. Um, I don't, the thing of it is to really be in the playoff, you got to have to have double digit wins. And I just don't see them getting the double digit wins. I think they could win, you know, eight or nine games and that just won't put you in the playoffs. Yeah, I think we can all agree that the AFC is one of, if not the most difficult division of football, which it wasn't that just so, you know, years ago when Brady was <laughs> winning it year <laughs> after year, um, but how things changed. So transitioning over to our segment of fantasy football, our channel is dedicated to uh, discuss fantasy football content. So we're going to be talking about the 2023 season. So guys, uh, I want to give ask you to give me a sleeper uh, for each team. So we'll start off with the Bills. Who is your sleeper for the 2023 season? Yeah, for the Bills, you know, I think uh, my sleeper will be Cleo Shakir um, out of this slot. I think they need somebody to emerge out of that slot role, be the third guy. Um, you know, I know they brought in Deontay Hardy. People like him as a sleeper. But I kind of like what Cleo Shakir started to do at the end of last year. And the slot position over the last years is a – position that's garnered targets for the bills over the last four years, I believe uh, they average like a hundred targets at to that position. So I think he wins the training camp battle and I think he's potential sleeper. Yeah. So the bills did vacate a lot of receptions this off season. You know, we, you mentioned Isaiah McKenzie out of the mix, but there's, there's 
uh, Devin Singletary. There's uh, there's guys too that were lower on the totem pole as well. They had one or two receptions here or there. So there's a lot of catches to go around. You know, I, I guess I wouldn't qualify him as a sleeper, so I have two names. But I do want to mention I love Gabe Davis's uh, ADP right now compared to where it was one year ago. Uh, I think that this is the year to kind of get in on Gabe Davis. He dealt with an ankle injury all season long. Uh, expectations are just too high for him at coming off of a four touchdown performance against the Chiefs. But when you look at his final stat line, he had about 50 catches, 800 plus yards, seven touchdowns. That's still a quality fantasy line for someone that definitely was not going into drafts as a wide receiver one, but you, you still had some top 12 finishes with him last year, one season ago. Uh, still put up a respectable line if you had him as wide receiver three, especially. Uh, but where he's going now, I like him a lot, but my sleeper will be James Cook. Uh, I, I know that this is not a run first team. I already mentioned that once, but this was someone that averaged almost six yards per rush one season ago, would have led the league in yards per carry had he qualified. I think he needed 100 touches or 100 rushes to get to that. He had 89. Uh, showed that big play threat. And yes, he, he might lose some touchdowns in the red zone to Josh Allen, to Damian Harris, to Latavius Murray, who I didn't even mention uh, when rattling off running backs earlier. But he, you're going to see an increase in the workload. And in addition to running the ball, he's someone that was coming out of the draft last year as the best pass-catching back in the draft class. So you're going to see him get a lot of those vacated receptions as well. I think he's going to be more heavily involved. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't have his draft position now in terms of where he's at. At one point, I saw he was about running back 30, though. Uh, I, I really feel like there is running back two potential for James Cook. So he's my sleeper. Ryan, I'm glad you mentioned that. I've been trying to tell Joe for a while now that people are sleeping on Gabe Davis. Uh, but but <laughs> he's not my pick. Uh, you uh, you both may know my pick, but my pick's Dalton Kincaid. I think Kincaid uh, is going to have an elite season. You know, we had heard from Bean and McDermott and some, you know, whatever, behind-the-scenes, you know, draft room conversation. They thought he had the best hands in the entire NFL draft. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they would have taken Kincaid even with other receivers on the board, they've seen what the Chiefs have been able to do with the Kelsey Mahomes hookup. And so I think they're going to, and we've already been hearing even Bill's players buzzing about how, you know, Kincaid looks like the real deal. So he's not going to be used as a prototypical tight end. I, he's basically going to be a glorified receiver from what I can tell. And as a result, I think the biggest thing, the reason why rookie tight ends don't succeed in their first year is because they don't have as many routes run. A lot of times they're blocking. That's not going to be – I think Kincaid's going to be out there for, for almost all of the passing downs, running a route and having the opportunity to be targeted. So I think it's not out of the question for him to get – it would be an elite season, but I would not be surprised if he gets over 100 targets this season. So I think it really, what you have to figure out is who is the third, possibly second option in that offense. Uh, is you know Could it be a, a blend of Cook? James Cook, Khalil Shakir, and Kincaid. I, I'm not sure if one will really emerge or not, uh, but my my bet is on Kincaid. So going over to the Dolphins, guys, who is your sleeper for them? My sleeper for the Dolphins, uh, you know, it, it's tough. I'm going to end up going with, um, you know, I'm going to go with Tua. I'm going to roll with Tua as the sleeper. Uh, it's a guy people, fantasy community seems to be down on. They're concerned with his injuries and the concussions. You know, I lean to the side of, you know, concussions were more so of a freak thing. I know he's been working on strengthening his neck, working on, 
you know, how to fall within MMA and everything. So I think he's got potential to stay healthy this year. And if he does, you know, he's going to end up being a, an elite quarterback for you. You know, Dolphins are actually the toughest team for me to come up with a sleeper for because, you know, Tua when healthy was putting up great stats. So I, I like that choice. Uh, obviously, Waddle and Hill don't qualify as sleepers. They're, <laughs> you know, top wide receivers. I don't trust the veteran backs. I still think Delvin Cook could be in play for this team, but if I have to pick someone, I'll go with the rookie Devin Achain. Uh, speed for days. I don't know how quickly they're going to get him involved, but this is a team that, you know, they're kind of a track team on offense. So if you want to get him involved, uh, he is definitely a deep sleeper, but he would be my choice for this team. Yeah, I agree, Ryan. This was definitely probably the most difficult team for me to figure out sleep because a lot of them are just established commodities. <laughs> so, but I, I I'm going to go with what Joe said. I, I I'm going to go with Tua. I mean, Tua only played 13 games last year uh, because of the injuries. If he plays a full season, he's going to be well over 4,000 yards. Um, like you said, speed for days in that offense. He doesn't even, the yards after catch alone uh, help him just accumulate yardage. So as long as he can stay healthy, I think he could be, uh, you know, a good option, definitely a QB one. Uh, but I think, People are really concerned, and and owners are not going to want to hitch their ride to Tua, and then they lose their season because he can't stay on the field. So going over to the New York Jets, are your guys sleepers for them? I'm going to go with uh, wide receiver McCole Hardman, um, which wow. could be a surprise. I I think that you know he ended up deciding to go to the Jets because they said they have a defined role with him. They've got some other guys on the the outside of the team. I feel like they still need somebody for that kind of slot role and the speed, and he's got that. And I think, you know, Rodgers could find him deep down the field, and I think he could be utilized more as just kind of the gadget guy that Kansas City previously used him as. No, I, I like that. And, you know, I was – at one point I was leaning like an Alan Lazard, someone that has a lot of chemistry already with Rodgers, knows this offense. But I'm going to go to tight end. I'm going to go with Tyler Conklin. Uh, Conklin is someone that had 87 targets a year ago with bad quarterback play, still put up over 550 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does work the ball to his tight ends. Robert Tanyan had some respectable seasons the last few years in Green Bay. Uh, I, I can obviously see Conklin uh, getting a, his fair share of targets there. I know they have C.J. Ozama and they have some other tight ends there, but I really think Conklin's going to establish himself as that top guy. Um, be able to play a full season there. So in, in terms of sleepers, someone you can get late in a, in a draft, I think Tyler Conklin is, is worth uh, the risk in terms of maybe having him on your bench as a tight end two and potentially playing at that tight end one rate. So I think for me, where my sleeper is going to go is I'm trying to figure out who's the second option in that offense. I think Garrett Wilson, far and away, will be the number one option. But who's the second? I was surprised by you saying Hardman, Joe. I thought for sure you're going to say your boy Alan Lazard, but I'm going to go with uh, which could be a surprise. I'm going to go with Corey Davis. Uh, he only played 13 games last year. Uh, he had 64 targets, which was third on the team uh, behind Garrett Wilson and Tyler Conklin. Elijah Moore is gone from that team, so you're talking about 65 targets becoming available right then there alone. So I mean, Corey Davis is a, a former first round you know, talent receiver. And you think about the time that he was in Tennessee and even his initial year with the Jets, he hasn't had a great quarterback to work with. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback he's had to work with by far. And I would have thought the Jets were going to move off from him. 
I think there was more and more talk about it. I thought that he would even possibly get traded uh, because it seemed like there was too much in that wide receiver room. I thought Davis was going to be on the move. They decided not to cut him. They could have cut him and saved some cap space. They could have traded him. They didn't trade him. So to me, I think they must have some sort of game plan for him. I think Lazard is more of like, okay, the Rogers fan club. Let me bring all the guys that I like to play with and have them come to New York. So I, I like the, I think Davis is a deep sleeper. I think he's worth a dart throw uh, in the event he, he could be good. So how about the Patriots guys? Who is your sleeper for the Patriots? Yeah, sleeper I like for the Patriots. Uh, I like wide receiver Tyquan Thornton um, as a sleeper. You know, they've got Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Thornton's a guy you kind of saw emerge at the end of last year. I think he's got elite speed. Um and I think Bill O'Brien will figure out a way to get him more involved in the offense and help that offense be a little more explosive this year. Yeah, yeah that's a solid choice. I'm going to go with Mac Jones, quarterback. Uh, we saw some flashes of him in, in his rookie year in terms of what he can do, moving the ball, anticipation, getting the ball to his receivers. I think Bill O'Brien's going to be a, a major upgrade for him. You can still question the weapons that they have, though, the fact that they probably should be a run-first team and, and really give – Stevenson, a a heavy workload, but I could see him working with some of those receivers that he has on the team. Uh, Mike Gusecki, a new tight end that he has to kind of utilize. I'm going to go with Mac Jones kind of bouncing back and and being a respectable QB two in fantasy circles. Yeah. So for me, uh, my sleeper for the Patriots is Mike Gusecki. I think Gusecki before this previous season, I think fantasy football owners thought that he was a tight end one player. Then the Dolphins just completely just faded him from the offense. He just wasn't a fit for what Mike McDaniel wanted to do, which I thought was kind of interesting because they franchise tagged him. Like, why franchise tag him, give him all that money, and then not use him? I mean, it was kind of a strange move by them. But nevertheless, you know, teams make head-scratching decisions all the time. But now him going to the Patriots, I think he's motivated. Um, I think he's going to be – he took a prove-it deal, so obviously he's going to want to cash out. Uh, for next year. So I think he's really going to be motivated to do well. And we know that Belichick has used tight ends very well um, during his tenure as a head coach. And, and the Patriots are, are familiar with doing that. I think he'll supersede Hunter Henry as the number one tight end. Uh, sounds like he does have some familiarity with Bill O'Brien. Uh, I think he could be a tight end one for sure. And he is being, his ADP is really, really far down. I'm, I'm targeting him as a tight end two option, as a flyer uh, in almost every draft, because I think he could, you know, last year he just wasn't used. And that's people look at it like, oh, he must have just took a step back. He's not as good. That's where you have to look at what the data says, because the story, the data the story can tell uh, could be vastly different. All right, guys. So before we end it here, uh, let's go with a bust. What do you guys have for a bust, fantasy <laughs> bust? Just one player uh, for the division. It could be a rapid fire. You don't have to do a huge explanation. Well, you're not going to like it, Steve, but I'm going to say Dalton Kincaid. Oh, this guy, his ADP is just, you know, right. And I know you're extremely high. The, you know, the buzz is crazy on him right now. And my argument is still, you know, we just rookie tight ends in their first year tend to disappoint in fantasy. So I'm just throwing the caution to the wind with him in his rookie season. You know, I do like his, um prospects and ability and i think you know maybe in the second year and beyond he becomes that better fantasy player that we're expecting 
No, I don't think there's anything unrealistic about that because, again, very few rookie tight ends come in and deliver right away. Now, if the Bills do utilize him in the slot, not just as a traditional tight end, he might be one of those cases that come right in and, and do put up those monster stats. For me, I'm going to go with Jets running back Brees Hall. Uh, you look at what he did pre-injury, and I think that's going to be in a lot of people's minds in terms of he looked really good. He was great as a rookie. But coming off of a serious injury, you never know what to expect, even when you're a younger player. So I, I think that they have some other bodies in that running back room that they can rotate use, uh, and utilize. And maybe by mid-year, he is looking like the hall of, of pre-injury, and maybe he ends up being their true running back one. But I'm a little hesitant when it comes to Brees Hall and replicating what he did when healthy last year. Audience, don't listen to what Joe just said. Just do not what he said. He, he, it's not worth listening to. Uh, but I actually am in agreement with you, Ryan. I, I don't. I, Brees Hall is my is my bust, and he, coming back from the ACL is 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 a no good. I, I think it's going to take him a while uh, to to really get back into the fold of that offense. I think they're going to in the early weeks uh, they're going to kind of spare his usage. The other thing I don't like is. Jets are rumored as like the Dalvin Cook team. I don't like all the speculation. Like if Dalvin Cook comes there, his value, at least for this year, is completely tanked. Uh, not, you know, his dynasty value is still intact. But, uh, you know, they like, they got Michael Carter. They like uh, Zonovan Knight. They drafted Israel Abacanda. Like I don't know what's going on. Everything indicates that they're not going to give him a huge workload. And if they're not going to give him a huge workload, uh, that concerns me greatly. So for where people are drafting him, I know there's a lot of excitement around him. Uh, I think he's a pass. Yeah, throw and throw in Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be a pass first team, I would hope, if you're the Jets with Rodgers in the fold. Um, so that also takes away probably some of those carries that a year ago the backs were getting because they didn't want Zach Wilson and they didn't want uh, you know Mike White throwing the ball 30, 40 times if, if possible. So they, they were leaning on that run game at times. So... With Rodgers, you know, you might be a balanced offense, but you're definitely still leaning a little bit more to the being passed first, I would think. Yeah, that's a, that's a great call, and I could definitely see Michael Carter being used more in those pass downs. It's a PPR option as well, so that is very interesting. But that concludes our show, breaking down the AFC East division for the upcoming NFL season. Before we sign off, uh, Ryan, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, where can others find your great work? Yeah, you can find my work at nyup.com and syracuse.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills and just about every social media platform at Ryan Talbot Bills now since there's a lot of uncertainty about Twitter. Uh, and you can find the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast on all your major podcast platforms. But we also go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can watch the video live as well. Wing, wings up, correct? You're going to be in, what, London this year? Is that what I was hearing? Yeah, so, you know, I'm glad you mentioned wings, though, too. Wing nuts for live shows once a month up in, in, in Buffalo. But then in uh, October, Matt and I will be in London doing a live show from the Bills Backers Bar. Looking forward to that one. Going to be uh, a fun week over there covering a game. And that game itself is going to be really interesting in terms of do the Jaguars have an advantage being there a week ahead of time or are they ready to go home and like packing it in by that second game? So that's, that's going to be an interesting conversation and dynamic to discuss uh, leading up to that game, but really looking forward to obviously, um, you know, heading somewhere that's not usually on the schedule on a yearly basis. You definitely want to check out winged nuts and all the great stuff that Ryan is doing. 
Uh, if you enjoyed this video, we are on your channel, so we ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also comment below on who you think uh, will win the AFC East and any wildcard teams coming on the AFC East. You can also follow us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Thank you so much for watching. On our next episode, we'll be doing the AFC North breakdown and the rest of the divisions. You're not going to want to miss that. And until next time.